thanks everybody for tuning in to mud uh, mud pie podcast i am ryan i'm jesse and we are talking today with oliver militovich and he will be discussing his book along with uh other things but his book is titled um <clears throat> is earth really a solid the evidence re-examined and i think it was it was published in 2019 correct yeah that's correct Okay, well, uh, Oliver, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do? Well, um, to begin with, to begin with um, I'm a professionally qualified uh, engineering geologist. I was working, I mean, I started my profession working in the oil industry for four years. Then I moved to the university teaching uh, geology for the School of in, uh, Civil Engineering uh, as an instructor, you know, the, the bottom level of the scale for the professors. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then uh, the situation, my country of origin, which is in Venezuela, South America, I mean, get uh, politically very messy, probably mm-hmm. some, you know, with this communism and this socialism. So I left to the, uh, for the UK, uh, first in England, and then now I moved in Scotland, I got a that was about 10 years ago. I got uh, an opportunity in the oil industry in Aberdeen. Uh, and lately, I had to move to the construction sector because, you know, the oil crush was this mm-hmm. pandemic. So since four years, I've been working in the uh, construction industry. And uh, I am focused uh, in the practical uh, side of the geology in, in regards of the as a scientific uh, matter per se, without any, you know, uh, theoretical discussion, everything is based on fact because uh, let's say I have, uh, I got two orientation, engineering and science. So both mm-hmm. together in the same direction. And also my training has uh, deals with several branches no, of science. Oh, I have to deal with physics, with electricity, uh, paleontology, geography, astronomy, because it's, uh, geology is a very, uh, uh, it's a subject which has to deal with several things at almost at once. Yeah. So I I was fortunate to uh, let's say escape from the narrow-minded orientation, which is very common in this education nowadays. No, they are very specialized. So that's the uh, I think it's a big problem because if you are focusing just in one direction and disregarding other activities in the same uh, area as you are working, mm-hmm. you are disregarding or you are ignoring them. So you cannot uh, get a whole picture of the situation you are, you are studying or working with, you see? So uh, with this experience, uh, I was uh, able to uh, get this book. It is. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, I like, I mean, to investigate, to search, to get in depth of the subject. And also, uh, as far as I'm, I'm I know there are a lot of things that are murky without any explanation so far. Um, uh, that's why um, what's interesting in the stuff, everything that is a bit like a, a, like a mystery mm-hmm. because there is no a complete uh, a picture of the situation that people you know, tend to get very, uh, uh, I would say cherry picking what they want to see or what they want to express, you see? Mm-hmm. So that's why I got this, uh, say, extra activity, which is writing. 
also uh, as an extra bonus, I brought this book as well. Oh, sweet. About, uh, it is like applied psychology. Mm -hmm. So uh, roughly, I mean, I've been working in this uh, area for nearly 20 years, 20, 24 years. So with this experience and also a lot of uh, research, because I, I do like the researching uh, subject. Mm -hmm. So I came across this book, the information to write this book, and also I like to share and to inform the people of the wrong uh, focuses, the wrong ideas that are, are mainly uh, promoted to the public yeah. about science. There is a lot of, let's say, false information or misunderstanding and misleadings, you see. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that's why I wrote this book for the public. It's a, uh, this book is, uh, is uh, for uh, the board will, will be a popular science. Everybody, I mean, with a high school degree can mm -hmm. understand this book. Because in my experience as a professor, I can uh, develop a team and expose to the public so they can understand. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I think that's necessary. Yes, that's um, correct. Not to get the level of the general public without any, you know, uh, abstruse or very theoretical or very in-depth uh, things that they cannot understand. Right. Yeah. I like to be approachable to the public. Yeah. What influenced you to, to first write this book <clears throat> and to start researching into the subject? What, what first influenced you to do, do this? Well, uh, <clears throat> I came across this old book because I want to share this information. This book, Pieces of the Air Imperium, was brought about 60 years ago about the interior of the air, what's, what's in, inside. And he is uh, Mr. Beno Gutenberg, who is uh, no, uh, there's a discontinuity inside the air that is no and there's his name. He wrote this book uh, telling that it's difficult, it's not exact, and the information to get the knowledge of the Earth's interior is uh, a guesswork. That is mainly his uh, opinion, and it is indeed the reality, you know? So uh, when I was um, uh, searching another books, and especially the television, and uh, all these uh, magazines, you see that the information that they say that they are solid, that it has a, a molten nucleus, a, a, a second layer like a mesosphere, which is uh, plastic. So uh, this information is basically a model. It, it is not a reality. Mm -hmm. So they are confusing the model with the what is reality, which is observable, mm -hmm. which is tangible. Uh, so they are departing from this book, the opinion of this professional of how that work must be done. You cannot, uh, without a very scant information, show to the public that the earth is a solid yeah. because we did some seismology interpretation, which is different from observation. And we conclude that the earth is solid. That's in brief yeah. the uh, thing that I disagree. So I started. Uh, during six months to research, mm -hmm. check information from every source, and compile the book completely in uh, five chapters 
in the in that or in the order that the people can understand from the beginning to the mm-hmm. without any you know uh, loose ends yeah now what's the um so from my understanding and correct me if i'm wrong with this original theory of like a solid earth it's essentially just um they're making these predictions that are happening to come true, but they don't actually know because we've never even drilled deep enough to figure any of this out. Right. Like the deepest we've drilled is like 14 miles or something like that. And they're making these assumptions about something that's like far, far exactly. deeper than that. 4,000 miles. Right. Is that the, the, the diameter of the, of the earth in total? That's correct. It, uh, diameter is 12,000 kilometers. Well, I, I work more with uh, kilometers, no? 6,000 and a half kilometers, the ra- radius. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> 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 okay. So exactly, that's the problem, you see. I work in the oil industry, no? and uh, to localize a, a layer of rock that mm-hmm. contains all you used uh, uh, in direct metal, which is geophysics. So we, uh, in this uh, procedure, we got an information from, let's say, uh, uh, we put, uh, mm, let's make something in here. You see, this is the, this is another edition. So this is the surface, and we want to know what is beneath the surface. Mm-hmm. So we put charges, and the explosion uh, gives give us like a, waves, sonic waves, so we can like interpret vibrations. what the structure Yes, vibration, no? And we get like a, like a shape of a domino, which is the mm. main trap to, uh, that contains oil. So this dome, you can see this shape roughly with this uh, interpretation. The, it's like a drawing, no? But uh, again, the, uh, the seismic interpreter has to do a job, and it depends on his interpretation the form of the dome mm-hmm. can be reached. Now, also, uh, there is a magnetic prospection. We put some uh, sensors in the same place, like the uh, charges, mm-hmm. and uh, a plane goes through, and uh, with a magnetometer, uh, uh, records the information of the magnetometry. How is the magnetic field changing? And also, uh, the last thing is electrical prospection. So we uh, put some electrodes, uh, deep uh, voltage gets mm-hmm. inside. And also, the, depending on how this uh, current goes beneath the surface, it roughly matches the, sh- the shape of a dome. So we got three independent, but it's another thing important, no? In seismology, uh, they only has have the uh, instead of charges the earthquakes. This, all the seismical waves go through, and they get a interpretation that they think is the definite uh, thing or the definite uh, structure. But mm-hmm. in we in the oil industry, we have we need another independent source, say electrical or magnetic, not only seismical, and then. So once we get this information, uh, this goes to the manager of the oil, oil company. Mm-hmm. You will see, and he, he, because you know what happened, it's the money that we have to invest in order to drill, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, if we want to do, do a, uh, if they want to do a good investment, 
they need to be sure that all the information roughly matches. Yeah, yeah. And then the reality of this interpretation, interpretation, no? not observation, which is completely different. Yeah. This interpretation will be checked once we do the drilling. Mm -hmm. And there are two possibilities. Either we have in here the uh, in the dome oil, water, and gas, or the dome could be dry. Mm -hmm. There is absolutely no way to know if there is oil inside. No, we know that the structure can contain oil. Yeah. But at the end, this will give us the uh, let's say the final word. Yeah. Once the drill is done and we take samples and there is oil, we can say with a hundred percent that there is oil at uh, let's say two, three, four thousand feet. Right. Oh. So that's the difference between this is the in or the oil industry we do the seismical interpretation or seismical study and the seismology with earthquakes mm. in the surface, the waste zones. And they interpret the structure as a guesswork because there is no another independent. That's the thing. No, if I, I need an, another independent uh, yeah. test on earth that can match what uh, they say. So the interpretation roughly say they say that the inside this there is a nucleus, uh, a core, a molten core, and the the mantle. Mm. and the crust. Mm -hmm. So the only thing we know for sure is the crust. And this is just nine, ten, five kilometers because there are yeah. drilling have been done. And that's the only thing we can know for sure 100% because we can, you know, touch and we can observe. Yeah. So and we don't know what else is underneath. Hmm? And so we don't know what else is underneath because we're just interpreting data from just a select few tests. Well, yes, that's, that's the mainstream science so far. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's the opinion of the mainstream so far, but there is more, far more than that. Yeah. So what is, okay, so before we go into like what's more than just that with this mainstream stuff, um, are we... Are there mainstream scientists still testing and trying to figure this out? Or has it been essentially a long time ago, a couple of tests were done, they were like, this is how it is. And then they never are trying to go back and challenge it. They're just basically building everything off of that old assumption. Yes, basically what happens is the, the follow. Yeah, we need a drink. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Basically, no. In science and geology, you have to observe. You have to follow the scientific method. Start from the beginning, observing, testing, touching, and then make some hypotheses, some guesswork to figure out how this works, and then do an experiment or check, mm -hmm. per se, no, on site or in the laboratory if that's true. Now, uh, <clears throat> to begin with. Uh, in the beginning, the geologists, now let's say, let's suppose that this is the earth, right? So uh, they have no idea what's inside. Mm -hmm. They say the science, let's say 100 years ago. 
Now, <clears throat> of course, there are two options, either a solid or hollow, or a, right. a, I use the term a spherical thick shell. Mm-hmm. Now, the thing is, they, they started doing well, a whole day they had, uh, got his shape, his mass, so they, they to get a uh, precise information, you have to see with a telescope in the space, how a planet forms, how a planet develops. But in, that, in those times, they, uh, they couldn't see with telescopes more far than the Milky Way, no? Right. And the exoplanets were not known mm-hmm. 100 years ago. So they, they told that, well, uh, a long time ago, there was a nebula, a gas nebula. It collapsed which is another uh, false idea, no? You, you cannot, uh, I mean, it, it, the nebula collapses, it needs a pressure from, from the outside. It cannot collapse by itself. But anyway, they think, okay, it collapsed, and then there was a, a high energy uh, source in the center, which is the sun, and then the planets starting to form around. They thought that the nebula, which is composed of dust, they were, uh, this is a mechanistic, mechanical uh, idea, no? That particles were, you know, sticking mm-hmm. together and uh, growing and forming planets. So that's why they told that the planet must be solid. Yeah. And also uh, because the high energy friction, so this solid, uh, this uh, mess was uh, hot. So they thought, okay, it got hot at the beginning and then roughly, gradually was. Uh, cooling down, right? Mm-hmm. So the center is, but still, and still they think that still is a, a liquid, right? Mm-hmm. And this, uh, let's say this blue thing is the mantle, is uh, roughly solid, solid plastic. And this is the, the surface is the crust, the air crust. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's was the idea. So what happened? Well, when they do the, the seismic uh, testing, uh, sorry, the seismology. Yeah. They, okay, so, uh, you see, like I think the wrong, you see, mm-hmm. how yeah. they, so they found at the end that uh, when they, there are two kinds of uh, waves, P, because they are the primary that reaches the seismograph and the S or shear wave. No, there are waves that are longitudinal and waves that go transversal. Okay. The longitudinals can go through all the, you see, through the all hair, no? But in the middle, because there is a, a, another phase, because the uh, S uh, wave goes to the mantle and disappears, because they disappear, because they are not uh, moving through solid, because the transversal wave can only go through solid, no liquids or gases. Yeah. So, okay, they, that's why how they got the idea that this uh, thick spherical shell is um, the mantle is solid, and this is the nucleus or the core, which is liquid. Mm-hmm. But they think it's liquid because, because the idea that the, the air formed mm-hmm. hot and then cooled down. So that's yeah. why they interpret the air and still do till this day that this uh, uh, interpretation of the seismic wave, there is a hole in here, but yeah. they think it's uh, liquid, but 
it can be a gaseous. That's do, my interpretation. Uh, yeah. Do uh, seismic waves travel the same way through liquid than they do air or like gas? Only the 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 P or trans or uh, the longitudinal waves. They are like this. It's like a well. Um, so longitudinal longitudinal waves, those can move through pretty much anything, and the yes. transverse waves can only move through rock. Exactly. Or solid. So that's the thing, no? The longitudinal, when there is a, a liquid, they are a bit slower. Then it's solid, they are faster. Mm-hmm. And when it's the gas, they are more slower, of course, no? Mm-hmm. But the thing is that because the transversal waves cannot go through the center, they think, ah, it's a liquid, but I mean, it could be liquid or gaseous, right? Right, so there's there two options. options. They took the option liquid because, they, you know, the, the idea in post time that this is a melted stuff. Right, the molten core because yeah. of gravity. Exactly. So it started from the inside and went out. And so just like when you're looking for oil, they can identify that there is a, a, a space underneath a certain depth of mantle. There's this yes. thing but we don't know for sure what fills it. If anything fills it, or if it's just a void, it could be a void, I guess. But we don't know for sure what's in there because we haven't been that deep, but we're basing all our science off the assumption that because we see this space that we can't directly measure, we just assume it's this other thing. Exactly. So 100% we are sure uh, with the drilling, but this this thing in my book, I explain, oh, look, uh, the molten core, it's not 100%. It got mm-hmm. this interpretation is valid if it also for a gaseous. So that's my starting point that I, uh, in the chapter number two, mm-hmm. I dissect and I do this explanation seismical with the oil industry and the seismologic only with earthquakes. So the thing is that in the bottom line is this interpretation is. Uh, they have to match it with the idea of a molten core because they hypothetically, you know, this is not proof. Mm-hmm. It's no way that night nature, because I will explain later that the modern astrophysical research shows that this is impossible. Okay. This is an old idea more than 100 years. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. So they still, after 150 years, with that, well, there are having a lot of progress in the astrophysics, astronomy, how the, the stars, the planets form in reality, not just hypothetical thought mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. imagination. So the, the thing is, no matter how, no matter how uh, precise, no matter how is the uh, seismology, seismological technique advanced, still will give you the same result. Yeah. Only you can know is there is a change in the material, no? Solid mm-hmm. liquid or gaseous, no? And uh, uh, you can infer the physical state of it. You never, ever will see, will say, oh, this is a, a rock, say, um, granite or sandstone mm-hmm. or quartz, no. Right. Which is uh, a big mistake. I, I, I was reading in a lot of uh, material, magazine, and book that they say, oh, uh, because of the seismological studies, the scientists can determine what kind of material is that's files. Yeah. Because, for instance, the shale and the some type of shale and 
granite or gneiss have the same density, so the wave will mm -hmm. behave in the same manner. So you can you cannot differentiate which is shale and which is the gneiss yeah. because the density is the same, but the material is different. Different so material, the but the same, like you're going to get the same data, basically. The interpretation is the same. Okay, the same density, the same speed, but the same speed can be from yeah. shale uh, or a gneiss. How the hell you can differentiate yeah. only with this speed is impossible. So now, before you start breaking it down as to like why it doesn't work, from us, so how deep, like how thick is this layer of mantle? And why, ha like, are there attempts to drill through it? Why haven't we drilled through it at, by this time? Okay, look what happened. In geology, in geophysics, and other uh, branches of science, the Russians are a bit, you know, advanced, far advanced. Yeah. So uh, there is, one moment, uh, here it is. <clears throat> Did you ever hear about the Kola uh, Deep Borehole? Yes. I read about this. Yeah, actually. Okay, here it is. This is the, there are only two books in English translated from Russian. This is one of them. The super deep. Okay. Okay. No. Now, what happened? Look, uh, the, uh, before they're starting to this stuff, it reaches 12,500 meters. Is the most is, is a record. Mm -hmm. So what happened? Uh, the the thing, this uh, project, this uh, uh, drilling, uh, let's say uh, demolished mis uh, several uh, ideas uh, very you know embedded in the minds of the geologists and the mm -hmm. scientists have been demolished because the drilling, the sampling proved otherwise. One of them was, uh, for instance, uh, they were saying that the, in the air crust, the top was uh, granite and the bottom is basalt. After uh, seven, eight kilometers, because the, when the earthquakes were shaking the waves, at about, uh, this is the, Mohorovich's discontinuity, uh, the way the speed of the waves change. So they talk, oh, it changed, okay. So the speed is eight, the upper speed was six, so six might be granites, seven, eight is more dense, it, uh, this is basalt. Okay, so they, it's in the, in the textbooks, in the textbooks, geology, they will say that, oh, the, the, the granite is made like a fact. Granite and basalt. So what happened when this, they when they do this drilling, they were expecting to find okay, we're gonna find about seven kilometers down basalt, but they they didn't find any basalt, just granite metamorphized. Hmm. So this uh, belief was completely shaken. Wash. They never found any basalt because you cannot determine how, only with the speed of the waves what kind of material is. Yeah. So that's why I am. I insist that if they, somebody tells you, no, the scientists can determine what kind of material is beneath the earth only with the speed of the wave, that's yeah. a false, falsehood. So this is one thing. The other thing is, you know, the, maybe you in the high school, you, you have been told that uh, as long the, as long as 
the deeper you go, the pressure increases, mm -hmm. right? And at the center of the air, the pressure is three, four million bars or atmospheres. Yeah. But the problem is that is a contradiction because the mantle is rigid because you can, I mean, you need a, a rigid stuff to support mountains. Yeah. The waves, the shear waves pass through the mantle, so mantle is solid. But what happened? They some I, I don't know what happened with the thinkers, geologists, or geophysicists. They assume that this is like a liquid, you know, like a pool when you uh, swim. Yeah. Only in liquids, you can say that as long as you go deeper, the pressure increases. Mm -hmm. But in a solid, no, you can have the same pressure in here or in here. Also, right. that's why you cannot uh, pretend that the, the deeper you go as a, like a pool or, yeah. or in the ocean because liquids behave in this, this way. So what happened in here, after nine kilometers, they start to find in the samples cracks because cracks is when the pressure elapses, diminishes. Mm -hmm. So that's another thing. Uh, the deeper you, the deeper they were going, the pressure started to decrease. Ah, so it right. couldn't so, have been like a liquid. So that's uh, the second thing that has been crushed, demolished. Yeah. Also, bear in mind that there is a, I explained my book, uh, it's a, in physics, there is something that says, uh, it says like a shell, uh, the Newton shell theorem. If you are in the surface of the air, the gravity pulls you completely down. If you go, let's say, in this area, this piece of material push you, attracts you up, the rest down. So your weight is lighter. As the deeper the, you go. The deeper you go, that's right. So you see, so my science ignores this. This book has a lot of information that demolishes the thinking the hypothetical thinking or the minds or fantasy that the mainstream science teaches in the college and universities. Yeah. And for everybody that can't see the book that he's talking about is called the super deep well of the Cola Peninsula. If you want to look that up and we'll link all these books and stuff as well. Okay. So it can't be a liquid. Um, now are there efforts and what is the current effort to get like to drill beyond the mantle? Like, are there efforts to do that right now? Well, in, let's uh, divide this uh, issue uh, from the point of view in the West mm -hmm. and in Russia. In Russia, it's very likely that they have been doing some kind of uh, studies. But in the West, no. In the West, I mean, uh, they, I, even this stuff has been uh, updated in the Western uh, textbooks, you see. Mm -hmm. uh, I mean, they say, or they think that the, what the interpretation says of the West is something that is for granted, and that's what is in, uh, they need the, inside the earth. So, so far, uh, no, um, in the West, as far as I can say, can see, no, there is no, because I mean, it's, uh, it, it involves um, money, you know? so they have okay. another project in mind. Mostly we know with the detecting neutrinos or detecting mm -hmm. another kind of 
hypothetical stuff, which is, I mean, it's more costly than drill than the drilling of a well. Yeah. Man, I just feel like that would be something that would be like on the top of everybody's like budget to be like, let's figure out what this thing we stand on is actually made of and how it's yes, actually but, constructed. I mean, uh, yes, but the problem is that the focus is, I mean, is a very, um, it, there is a mismanagement mm-hmm. because they are spending millions of billions in, you know, the accelerator, particular accelerators. Uh, I mean, it's something to look for something hypothetical, which is very little of very little practical value. Yeah. So they are spending big money from the taxpayers, mm-hmm. you and me and everybody. Yeah. So, see, and uh, in, in this kind of, uh, they, there was a project in the United States in 1965 was canceled. The, uh, uh, have a look. Uh, you know that uh, the, the air, the cruise, after three, uh, two kilometers in the ocean is uh, thin, and mm-hmm. in the continent is, is deep, you know, like 40 kilometers. So the project, uh, the project I remember is the Mojo. 1959 started and the Congress of the United States uh, canceled it because they were thinking, oh, that, that's a lot of money wasting, or that's what they told that, that, that the, the project was canceled. But the idea was to go to the ocean and drill the, more of this discontinuity, leaving the air crews and getting in the mantle direct, directly, strike forward to the mantle and get samples. But, I mean, you see what happened. In 1969, the Congress, the US Congress, canceled. The- yeah, because all our money was now going to the moon. Exactly. Even so, uh, the other uh, protester, I would say, uh, we're thinking that uh, the money also was needed for the Vietnam War. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So that's why this. Uh... So you think that, so your assumption is that it's a, a gaseous center, right? Uh, okay. Yeah. There is a proof of that. Yes. Okay. Uh, can you go into that a little bit and kind of how we start, like what conclusions you're drawn from like what you researched and, and what you found out? Is the point is, uh, well, I don't have, well, anyway. Okay, uh, this is the, I know we are showing the equator, and this is, those are the poles, north mm-hmm. and south poles. In the chapter number four, uh, I explain the hints, or the, um, let's say the, that, that will be the word hints. Yeah that uh, the earth cannot be solid as another uh, side of the uh, situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, did you hear that uh, there, are, there are anomalies in the North and South Poles? Yeah. Right, okay. Uh, I explain in here, right, the reasons why in the North, like in here, the North and South Poles, the cold, the geography determine, determines that the area is cold because the sun, when reaches uh, the equator in here, mm-hmm. the sunlight is more concentrated. And mm-hmm. as long as you go to the north, the sunlight is uh, very, uh, very thin, you know, and almost is touching the north. So the, this coupled with the uh, thickness of the atmosphere, 
makes the radiation, the head of the sun very little. That's mm -hmm. why by definition, this area must be cold. And what, that's roughly what happens uh, in the area like Siberia, Alaska, North Canada, or Antarctica. But there were explorers in the 19th century that were reporting, there are books about that. They were reporting uh, dust, uh, warm winds, mm -hmm. uh, migra pat migration patterns from anim uh, animals, uh, insects to the north, looking for uh, warm. And there were big areas, areas in here, uh, free of ice. Yeah. Boy, I've seen reports as early as 1818 talking about that. Admiral Byrd talking about that when he explored yeah. Antarctica. Uh -huh. that's, uh, that's another point. About... Mainly, there are two books. Uh... Yes, uh, uh, let's say um... The Phantom of the Poles. Do you, mm -hmm. Did you hear about that? I have heard about that book, yeah. Okay, well, I mean... Uh... If you see, there are a lot of uh, inform a lot of uh, uh, information or uh, statements that cannot uh, be uh, fixed or that cannot match the definition of a cold area in here. Mm -hmm. as is determined determined by the geography. The, the sunlight in this area is uh, completely uh, very uh, weak, so the radiation doesn't hit up completely and that's why it's frozen no mm. but something is heating up inside in the north and the south poles now the, the thing is you have to take into account another thing they tell us my sense tell us look uh, you see that there is ice in here the thick ice in, uh, in greenland mm -hmm. and the thick ice in the antarctica this is because the snow that they will Mm -hmm. The problem, the problem is that in order to get snow, you need two conditions. Number one, uh, moisture, mm -hmm. right? Moisture. Mm -hmm. And the second is the right temperature. So the yep. problem is that, yes, that's, that's correct. In here, this area, in this area, the air, by definition, and, and because it's too cold, is dry. Yeah, is completely dry. The moisture coming from the equator and the North Pole, you know, the Coriolis force and all that's uh, the current in the atmosphere. The, there are three cells, the equatorial, another one, which is, I cannot remember now, uh, this is the polar cell. Mm -hmm. The polar cell uh, uh, collides with the, let's say the medium cell, a, a, I think it's the Farrell, Farrell cell. So there is like a collision. So the Farrell cell, which has a humidity and warm moisture, cannot go, cannot reach the pole. So there is like a blockage. So that's why the North Pole is dry the, mm -hmm. uh, of moisture. And in order to get snow, you need to get uh, very close to the zero zero, two degrees. If you are below zero degrees, there is no uh, snow, but you know, uh, like a powder of ice. Yeah. So the problem is, where the hell you get this moisture, this warm air? Yeah. Because 
you cannot go, you, you cannot get it from the farthest, from the equator, the oceans, and this um, latitude, because never it reaches the North Pole or at the South Pole. So you cannot have snow without moisture at the right temperature. So that's the thing that several researchers were thinking that in here there is like a flow of mm -hmm. uh, a current of air, of warm air. So that's a hint that makes you think that you cannot uh, have a, a solid air. It must be something uh, inside that uh, expires this humidity, this uh, current. Yeah. So you think that there is like a hole, like a vent, basically, that's venting out this yes. moisture. Yes, well, uh, exactly, yes. It, I would say it's an opening. The technical word is opening. Opening. Okay. Yes. Uh, just one more thing. Uh, you see, uh, there is uh, another very interesting study. It was done in 1904. Uh, you know, the, uh, the tides. The tides. Uh, there was a study. Let's suppose that this is the Arctic Circle, no? Mm -hmm. If you have uh, Eurasian here, North America in here, and Greenland in here, no? And this mm -hmm. is the North Pole, the, Ar the Arctic, right? They were thinking, okay, well, this is, a, a, let's say, like a backdoop, right? Mm -hmm. So if you have uh, the tide in here, no? You can see in the beaches mm -hmm. because the, the the fluid is when you and you have a fluid they communicate each point the same. No, if you make a pressure here in each point, you get the same result because yeah. the fluid communicates the pressure. So what happened? Uh, this man uh, rolling from an institute uh, for, from the U.S. Navy was doing as like a chart, a study for the Navy and the merchant mm -hmm. Navy like a, a data no, for the use, they can yeah. use it. So uh, he was collecting all this information and, the, and make a study no, of how this tide, where it, the tide was uh, working. So the thinking was that this was uh, an ocean, right? North Pole, in here, an uh, ocean. So it's like a bathtub, right? Mm -hmm. When he made the study and the calculation, what the study shows, was showing is that the tide was different in each of the side. No? The mm -hmm. only explanation is that the water, instead of coming from one point straight forward to this one, read the same reading, there was like a, a, an obstacle in here, an obstacle. So the water comes in here, is diverted, right? And touches this area. No? So that's why the reading is very different. Okay. So he postulated based on facts that there was an area in the North Pole, behind the North Pole towards uh, Russia, that must be like, uh, let's say, four, five, six hundred thousand square miles that was deflecting this uh, tide, this, the water of the tide, you know, because there was no other explanation because yeah. that was an anomaly. So that's, so if you have this information that something is like an obstacle, so the interpretation will be that it's like an opening. Mm -hmm. Open. Wow. That's why the water is like uh, it diverts. No? So is it like an opening, opening that's that's uh, like a a protruding opening, or is it an opening down and it's like almost going around like a drain? Yes, 
exactly. It's a con concavity, con convexity. Okay. Something is yeah. like this. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's okay. why the water this act like an obstacle. So if you have if you have if you have this uh, information, there's an obstacle in North Pole because there's something that makes the uh, tides anomalous. The uh, ejecting of the warm air. Mm -hmm. And also we have uh, the auroras. Yeah. That's another way. What we go from the Mycenaean science is use a mic. Because uh, as I explained in the book, they say, okay, no, you know, uh, you have a gas in the upper atmosphere, the particles of the solar ring comes, they collide, eject the photon, and you see the color. That's the aura, but that's, mm -hmm. that's not true because uh, the solar wind is very weak. Yeah. And also, the air has a magnetosphere in here, a big uh, magnetic field, which acts like a shield. When you get the uh, wind, the solar wind, it deflects, no? And also, we have we the Van Halen radiation belt. Mm -hmm. So any particle coming from the sun that is can leak through the magnetosphere, it still has to reach and get trapped in this Van Halen belt. So we got two shields that protect us from the solar wind. And they want to believe that, they want us to believe that, oh, the solar wind, you know, at yeah. pierces both and reaches the upper atmosphere with the right energy too. So this energy is coming up and then interacting. Yes. Okay, there is a study from the NASA. They did some satellital data from the polar area and they were recording uh, upstream, upstream, not downstream, upstream mm -hmm. energy flow and they were recorded. And there was a study in 1997 published by NASA, but I mean, it went like uh, something exotic. The Meissen science took it like something exotic and uh, like a curiosity only, but mm -hmm. and then they just sweep under the carpet. But that's to the props that there is an upstream stream, uh, stream, which technically is like a, uh, they call it a polar fountain. Mm. So we got polar fountain. And also, polar fountain, yes. And also a Finnish study demonstrated definitely that auroras make uh, sound. Huh. There is a sound. What kind of sound? But it's like a uh, sound, well, it's a... Uh, Not audible to like human ears, like we would need no, instruments no, to pick it up. It's like you are crushing something. It's like a crushing, you are... Oh, okay. You know the cellophane paper, you crush it. Yeah. So it's the people, I mean, the people, the common people like you and me were telling, telling, okay, nice Aurora, but we took the pictures, but also we hear. And the science was, my science was telling, no, that's just you know, an illusion or blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And also they told, uh, because uh, the Aurora is in the upper atmosphere 400 kilometers above air. So the Aurora occurs in that area. So the solar wind comes, makes the Aurora. So from, for, from this, 400 kilometers down, the sound cannot, you know, mm -hmm. cannot reach, will vanish in the, during the trajectory. But the Finnish study with, uh, with like a, a sort of uh, devices to concentrate the sound, yeah. make a study that the sound comes from the ground 
to till two or three hundred feet and disappears. So the sound is in the very surface. It's like it coming mm. from the very surface. Oh, gotcha. Huh. So that was uh, that study was published. Uh, Anchorage Daily News confirmed aurora borealis makes sounds. Yeah. Now I have okay. I guess I have two questions that have to do with this. Like, oh, now you right, have three, three hints, mm -hmm. three pieces of evidence, I would say, that are hinting, look, man, something is going on, and something yeah. is like a vent or something. You cannot dismiss it like a, like a fluke. Yeah. Or something yeah. like that. So, why? Okay. So, I guess I'll start with more of like still the natural side of things. If this is happening on our planet, would this also be how other planets would have to be formed? And why can't like amateur astronomers in their backyard with high power telescopes look at Mars, for instance, and see a vent opening or something like that? Well, <clears throat> let me tell you that uh, some I'm amateur, some astronomer, in the polar regions of Mars, they have been uh, detecting this kind of uh, uh, thermal, uh, thermal or polar mm -hmm. ejections, right? And uh, myself, I, well, I live in Scotland. No? Uh, I got a telescope. I, I just I'm waiting for the right weather because we got mm -hmm. a lot of, uh, <clears throat> let's say, cloudy and uh, snowy days. Mm -hmm. So uh, I want to get out in the backyard and point the telescope toward the North Pole and be able to see these upstream uh, ejections or term of um, polar uh, fountains and take a picture attached to the uh, ocular of the telescope. Mm -hmm. They have a special device you can attach and take oh, a yeah. picture. And you can actually see the the stream of is it air coming out or is it? Uh, that's that's my aim, no? Yeah. We do it. Do it. Yeah. Now <clears throat> there is another thing. Uh, that's another uh, thing that was uh, very barely noticed in the media. <coughs> in the South Pole, they have uh, the NASA have a, a a device, a globe, no? Uh, trying to catch catch up the cosmic radiation. Mm. So they were to completely baffled when this uh, were here in the South Pole. So the globe was uh, a balloon, a balloon. They detect a high radiation coming from the icy, icy ground of Antarctica. Mm. And I reached the balloon and the detectors got the reading, no? The energy was about uh, 70,000 times stronger than the most powerful uh, particle accelerator on Earth. Wow. Oh, wow. Can you imagine? So, well, what, what on Earth can... That's, I mean, that's very amazing. They have to be... Yeah. That's, that's, that's to have to be widely published, do debates, conferences, and... Uh, uh, try to figure it out, what the hell is going on, how this can happen, that you have uh, a sudden emission of high energy particles, uh, waves, 
coming from the ground in Antarctica. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So why so you have four? So you have to you have to uh, have a theoretical uh, say a theoretical framework, scientific theoretical framework that can explain those four uh, oddities. Yeah, and I would but say, they, and they I would even an argue. And I would even argue that there's five oddities. The fact that there are reports from highly trained military people from like decades ago that also uh -huh. have brought forward information like this as well. And so even though, yeah, it's a human report, we're still talking about like highly respected people that were who, whose whole job was to explore these unknown areas and report back what they see and reporting seeing areas at the poles that were like had vegetation like yes inside yeah. of the ice and like warmer climates and things like that but i mean um, this those those four uh, anomalies are i mean are not top secret you can i mean anybody can access to this information is something that is happening uh would be another there are other ones that are like say classified in antarctica most, that's, uh, to begin with antarctica is a classified zone uh, the vessels that want to do some fishing or uh, tourists are, you know, care 2,000 miles from the South Pole, for instance. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You need permission. It's, a, it's a very... And there are flights, sightseeing uh, flights, that part, depart from Australia, do uh, circling on some parts of Antarctica, and maybe a bit inland, but they never go to this center right. of the South Pole. Yeah, there's a giant no-fly zone in the middle of Antarctica. Yes, that's right. And also every other country that, which is pretty much the only continent that practically every standard government has a claim to are all around the edge and no one that's has claimed the exact center. I wrote this in, in, in my book that the main powers are close, no? Mm -hmm. But the other countries have to contend to be 1,000 or 2,000 miles away from the yeah. South Pole. Yes, so that is now, mm. so now uh, myself, like a scientist, I have to get an explanation for those four anomalies. Mm -hmm. right? That's why uh, <clears throat> I went uh, to the domain of astrophysics and astronomy without uh, get too much complicated and uh, see how the a planet forms so, okay, that's the only the only way you can uh, mm -hmm. explain and may um, have a proof that the air is a uh, hollow because you can you must to inside the air you must to put a a, a body that is responsible to regenerate those uh, polar fountains to generate the warm mm -hmm. and to generate this uh, radiation seventy thousand times more powerful than the most uh, powerful particles right on Earth. Yeah. So that's why uh, uh, in here I explain oh, that in fact when the if I take the model now that the Earth is a, a thick, very thick shell, and inside it is like a I will say it's an, a kind of sun, an mm -hmm. inner sun, hot. Uh, so what happened uh, from the Mainstream interpretation, I take the mantle uh, as a truth. It's, so, it's rigid, 2,900 kilometers thick. The crust, okay, not all, the crust exists, 
we can touch it and see mm -hmm. until 12,000 meters down, but no problem. And in here, so that's why I say no, that's not a, a liquid, a nucleus, a core a liquid made of iron. No, this is a, a sun, and between the sun and this uh, inner mantle, there is a, like a two, uh, one, like 2,000. Because the new, the core is 3,600 3, kilometers, mm -hmm. so minus 1,600 will be 2,000 left of air, no? But mm -hmm. that's like an atmosphere. So we got an, an atmosphere here, the mantle, the crust, and the very center, the sun, the inner sun. This body, uh, the seismologists also they found that uh, the the apparent uh, molten core. Is, it spins faster than the earth. Okay. So, be, so I just, I take the model, the shell and the inner zone mm -hmm. with a, a sort of atmosphere. And this inner zone, inner body is fa rotating faster than the shell. Okay. That's, uh, there is a proof of that, uh, so seismical studies that was in 2002, 2005, uh, studying in one side, in one side, let's say this area, uh, five, uh, sorry, 50 or 60 years of uh, earthquakes, they were uh, making a study of the speeds at the time and determined that this inner uh, body, this inner core is spinning faster. Yeah. So if you have a, a system of a shell and an inner body which is rotating, the center must be faster than the shell to cons to make the uh, conservation of the angular momentum. Yeah. This is valid. So that's why we uh, I put in my book that is in the center of the earth. There's, is, there is an inner body, mm -hmm. uh, sun which is generating the warmth, the energy, seventy thousand times more power than the mm. most sophisticated particle accelerator and the uh, powerful times and the auroras. Yeah. What do you Man. think the chances are of this inner cavity um, of living things being able to like survive ah, good, good. in there? Let me tell you that I, there's no loose ends in this project. Everything has been taken care of. <laughs> okay, roughly, the maestro text books will tell you that this uh, mantle is uh, homogeneous and solid. Mm -hmm. But uh, there is one thing uh, the seismologists found when they are doing the interpretation of the travel time of the waves from an earthquake through the mantle. Okay, in some parts, okay, uh, let's say the um, waves go smoothly through, mm -hmm. but in some parts they 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 cannot go smoothly. They go maybe uh, even lower, a lower level. The speed is very low, mm -hmm. and then they uh, they are like three points in the whole earth. They are called blobs. Blobs. They have no clue. Blobs. B L O B S. Blob, yeah. like a movie, no? Remember yeah. the blob? Yeah. Okay, well, there are uh, three. One in the uh, Indic Ocean, Atlantic, and they need Africa. 
they have no clue because uh, they cannot uh, fix uh, how the, 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 this, this wave, the speed of the waves got, can go so slow through the mantle, no? Mm -hmm. And then later, the other can pass through. So they were doing like a, have you ever, uh, heard about the seismic or seismological tomography? Mm -hmm. It's like a 3D, uh, this, uh, they cover, uh, let's say, from the, not the whole group, no, but let's say they have like uh, 50 or 100 seismological stations around the globe, mm -hmm. uh, equatorially and, pol and the polar area. So they do like in three dimensions, these uh, uh, graphics of the mm -hmm. crash, and they found that there are like a big uh, blobs, no? Okay, now they think still, think, okay, that there is a molten, molten core. So they think that this is, uh, this blob are like a, another kind of molten material. No? But they still Just think like a that, different you know, density or something. Yes, exactly. Now, if you, if we take the interpretation as it is, no, then we got uh, the inner zone atmosphere in here, mm -hmm. and the, it's mantle. What indeed those blobs are, uh, we can call them a big uh, caverns. Mm, That's okay. what I put in my book, big caverns. Like caves. Now, if stuff. you have those big caverns, caverns, no, huge caverns, can, the, the volume is one, two, three, four hundred cubic kilometers. Sure. Those big caverns, if you, so if you have atmosphere in here, they go through inside the cavern. You got this uh, uh, inner zone light in the cavern. You got water also mm -hmm. because the water must to go through the vents, the polar openings, not so to produce those uh, anomalies. Mm -hmm. And this inner zone needs to be uh, ejecting some kind of uh, radiation, mm -hmm. the polar fountains. Mm -hmm. So we can uh, assure that uh, these caverns are filled with water, partially filled with water and mm -hmm. uh, air, atmosphere. If you have water, you have an atmosphere, a tidal atmosphere, and you have uh, sunlight, man, <laughs> it's not that you yeah. have life in there. Yeah. It's absolutely it's, not, not. I mean, we see that in sub... Because we see that in like ocean vents too, right? There's, I mean, you have the energy, you have the heat, you have the water. Exactly. Bam, you have life. Now, exactly. Now, the other thing is, uh, there are legends. The, even you know the book, uh, uh, the voyage to the voyage mm. to the center of the earth. Center of the earth, yep. Mm. Uh, yes, uh, because of the Newton shell theorem, the deeper you go, you uh, weigh less because this part of the rocky material is pulling you up, mm -hmm. and so you have another material in here pulling you down. So the resultant will be up because this is a. Uh, the volume is 67% of the mantle, 67% mm -hmm. of the total weight. Of, so I'll always will pull you up. Right. The resultant of the forces will be pulling up. So that's why inside those caverns, I would say one, two thousand kilometers in depth, uh, the, the force of gravity is like uh, 60%, 80% or maybe something like that. That's why the organism can grow because there is no constraint of weight. Mm -hmm. mm. So you have huge trees or huge uh, animals or people, uh, Giants. three meters tall. 
is no science fiction because the yeah. <laughs> the physics allows sure. that uh, the body can grow. So there is and no um, ancient explorers have talked about people too. You know what I mean? They talked about seeing groups of people that lived near or from the middle of the earth, which is fascinating. Yes, they are, I put uh, in here in the book. Uh, in South America, there is an indigenous group, uh, the Macuxis. Mm -hmm. They have a uh, stories from their ancestors that uh, they, they till one nine, 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 till 1907 or 1910, that was the last time they, they trip went. They went uh, six, seven days to the inner air. They were meeting with the, the people, they called them the guardians of the air, of the mother air. Mm -hmm. And uh, because the cavern, the those big caverns, the blobs, are connected through passages mm -hmm. to the surface. So you can, from the surface, go to those caverns. No? It, the voyage will take you 10 days, something like that. Yeah. According to the, the, Do you have any... the version of something. Do you have any idea, like, as to how many <clears throat> possible openings there are to the inner part of the Earth? Well, <clears throat> uh, I can assure you there are two main ones: mm -hmm. North and South Pole. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily in the in the uh, geographical North or so. A bit, you know, uh, a bit apart. No, not not necessarily must be in the geographical. Uh, axis of rotation, no? mm -hmm. but those are the main ones, big one, I would say uh, 600 miles diameter, 500, Whoa. something like that. Yes, yeah, because they have to match the area that the Roland Hollis in his study of the tides, mm -hmm. that's about the size of this obstacle he gave us to account for this uh, anomaly in the tides, in the behavior of the tides. So I would say, well, let's say it's 500 miles wide. Wow. And uh, now uh, in here, uh, I, I talk about, you know, the proof about how a planet form, because that is the definite, I mean, the checkmate mm -hmm. for the skeptics, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, I put in here uh, in the sources, and that's why I briefly uh, speak in here, that there were experiments to test if the particles that they think that are colliding and sticking together will form a planet. No? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they, uh, okay, they took the speed of the asteroids, uh, asteroids, let's say 15 meters per second, something like that. So they were simulating the initial condition of the formation of the uh, solar system. They did experiments and the particles never sticked. They bounce or crash. But this idea that it's the particles by colliding, very you know, growing and sticking together to form a planet, it never showed up in the laboratory studies. Because this is like a destructive procedure, procedure destructive. You cannot, uh, uh, through collisions, these mechanics, no, randomly collisions form a planet. That's not how the nature yeah. works. And this experiment was done in 1972. 
a, pub, uh, a paper was published, and that's it. They are still teaching in the university and according to the yeah. four because you know the sticking, the particles. And the, that's simply not true. Even the laboratory experiments cannot uh, uh, sustain that. Yeah. In the in nature, that's the thing. Uh, you have we have to depart completely from the mainstream uh, paradigm. So <clears throat> in nature, there are things. Uh, uh, the technical word is self. Uh, self-organizing patterns. Self-organizing. Did you? They about the fractals and fractals. Mm -hmm. Fractals. Oh yeah, yeah. It's a natural way of the, of how nature works. Uh, in here, uh, in that, uh, nature doesn't work uh, mechanically. You see, mm -hmm. like uh, randomly particles sticking together by chance. No, nature for, uh, has a, like a fields. Yeah. You have electrical fields, magnetic fields. Uh, they are more, more for genetic fields by the biologist uh, Rupert Sheldrake. The living things uh, mm -hmm. are formed through this kind of uh, structure in the air, not that molds the parts, the physical parts. The same thing occurs in the cosmic scale. Mm -hmm. Before they were thinking that all the cosmos, the galaxies, the planets were, you know, randomly. Uh, made by particles bouncing and colliding. Mm -hmm. That's not true. <clears throat> so it's a quick. So in here, no, that's, a, that's just something. You see those patterns. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, like a bunch of like shells. Yes. So, um, because okay, I I explain in here. Look, the laboratory testing experiments cannot uh, disprove that the sticking uh, of particles colliding was forming a planet. We have to look now through the astronomical instruments how a planet forms. And since 1994, when the Hubble telescope was put in orbit, he was able to photograph the first exoplanets. Mm -hmm. And they were able to find uh, also how a nebula was, you know, forming in real time, yeah. and they found vortices. Mm -hmm. They never could find no, uh, a, a, a chaos, no. Like no, they didn't see collisions. It was always yes. just like spinning vortices. Yes. You, you see the hurricanes, mm -hmm. the flow in, of the air. This is fluid mechanics. This, this explains, this is the main tool to ex, uh, that explains how in nature, nature forms and shapes things. Mm -hmm. from an atom to a galaxy. There is no mechanical and random process, never. Yeah. So uh, they found that inside this, uh, when this is a protoplanetary disk, is the term, technical term, no? When the mm -hmm. system, a, 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 a solar system of a, in its star is forming. So they do it not through the normal uh, optical telescope, but the, with a infrared yeah. mm -hmm. uh, as a radio telescope. So they can uh, study the wavelength very short, the short wavelength we cannot see with the eye, but it's like a thermic, a sort of thermic photography. So they found that the, when a, like a particle, like a, not particle, but like a body 
la Caplane vas do dueto de vortex. So the vortex, eh, they have been studies, and the vortex is the eh, pattern that organizes eh, eh, celestial bodies. Yeah. And if you see, <coughs> I put in here this, you see this mm -hmm. figure. So eh, this is hollow, right? Mm -hmm. And the particles, the dust of the space and are always in the, uh, concentrated in the uh, external part of the vortex. Yeah. This is the seed of a planetary formation. That's why you cannot have a, something solid inside because the, the pattern, the natural pattern that uh, organizes a shape's uh, planetary formation is a vortex that all yeah. these particles are uh, organized in a vortex and they slowly start to uh, coalesce or to uh, stiff, get stiff in a taking a shape of a, a spherical shape. Mm -hmm. Because the vortex uh, is uh, spinning through the axis, you will find that in the very north and south poles of the spinning, the mm, there will be some uh, uh, like a loosened material that cannot uh, is, uh, compact. So that's why the opening are always present. Uh, so the centrifugal force will put all the material in the shell mm -hmm. uh, because the centrifugal force is very teeny, almost in the system in the northern south poles, that the material doesn't compact and that's why a uh, uh, um, polar opening is formed. Yeah. So that's how planet forms. That's why you never ever will have a, a solid planet. On top of that, uh, in the last chapter, number five, I put that, uh, you know, the, the, you hear about the Juno mission to Jupiter. It's yeah. A, mm -hmm. Okay, David, <clears throat> that's another thing, no? All the planetary science tell you that the moon, the the sun, the air, the, or the planets have a nucleus, will be from iron or nucleus or core of uh, solid uh, hydrogen or mm. solid copper or whatever. No? So they were expecting to find, when they, 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 they did some kind of like a, a tomographic with the radiation studies, the satellite, mm. the satellite uh, shoot the energy in form of waves. And they were expecting that when those waves reach the Jupiter planet will uh, behave like it did uh, Pierce and pass through. But the problem is that they were expecting that in the core, uh, the speed bus will be uh, fast because it mm -hmm. was, you know, solid. Yeah. But no, they found that they, because the travel time very so, so slow that the uh, core of Jupiter is gaseous, diffuse. Mm. This only fact demolishes all the conception that in planetary science uh, thinking is that all the planet has a yeah. solid uh, core and the density is, the density of a planet they think increases from the surface to the bottom. Mm. That observation of uh, this Juno mission demolishes that conception in yeah. the same way 
start this drilling of the coral, of the coral uh, borehole, demolish the conception of the growth of the manner that the pressure always is uh, greater uh, as you go down. Growing, but it's yeah. not true. And the, <clears throat> that the there were behind the granite, there was a basalt that was not true because mm -hmm. the drilling proved otherwise, you see? So that's why I say experience always beats theory. Yeah, absolutely. Why is the why would we cover this? Like what what's behind the idea of keeping this a secret, especially if there's two massive openings that are 500 miles on the two poles when we could just easily at least admit or science could be like, here's some pictures of these giant openings. Like it's, there's is something here, like let's figure this out. Like why is there a clear push to cover it up or keep it hidden or not make that information like super mainstream? <clears throat> well, let me tell you that, uh, uh, that will be, well, we have to admi admit that this kind of a conspiracy because uh, we, we must to be, uh, we face the reality that there is a lot of uh, uh, research, investigation and the like that are being like kept uh, ignored or suppressed. Right. You can find it in medicine, you know, alternative therapies that uh, the mainstream science says that this is uh, illegal or this is uh, uh, junk science or whatever. Mm -hmm. Uh, in physics, the free energy is another problem you have. Mm -hmm. There is a scientific basis for that, but it has been, you know, uh, suppressed. Uh, it's kind of information as well uh, from the polar uh, uh, Admiral Baer. Uh, mm -hmm. It seems that he has been uh, told to keep quiet. Mm -hmm. That's why he was talking like in cryptic, no? Yeah. Oh, Antarctica, the land of everlasting mystery, blah, blah, blah. Cryptic, yeah. blah, blah. You see, so yes, uh, <clears throat> uh, in the first in the first chapter, I explain the scientific method, and also there is a uh, in the last uh, part of this chapter, I put a paragraph about the uh, double uh, standards that uh, are in the mainstream in the science right now. One is for the public, and one is for the let's say a skip classified. Mm -hmm. This didn't happen in, in the 19th century, not that everything was, uh, you know, the science was just one side, everybody could, you know, participate, there was no uh, secret, inf secret information or classified, mm -hmm. the press was covering everything, the, the voyage to the poles in Africa, the equatorial, the land, discovery of the Lake Victoria, mm -hmm. all the scientific, you know, uh, progress, uh, steamship, x-rays, radioactivity, all was free. But after the Second World War, do you remember the Manhattan Project? Well, the yeah. things started to be, you know, kept for us, the government, and the other uh, leftovers for the public. Mm. So that's I, I explain here that there are two, uh, let's say, two different ways that the science is being managed. Yeah. One is kept secret for special groups, corporate corporation or interest and, uh, and the other is for the public now for the consumption mass consumption yeah we are dealing with mass consumption here no uh, in regards to the old paradigms mm -hmm. 
from the air that um, whatever is uh, new or that doesn't fit the paradigm is either swept aside or suppressed. Yeah, or even like, you know, they when you, you said it's kind of like a conspiracy theory, just the idea that they put a title on it that's so negative or they make you seem you know it's almost not professional in some circles to study these alternate ideas you know and i think Mm -hmm. a lot of that is that that social pressure to just kind of fall in line with this yes yes that's right uh, and also there is something that is this is mainly psychological no Uh, i mean Mm -hmm. you have you have a academic community scientific community that is like uh they have the theories of what they think must to be like very you know entrenched in them yeah mm-hmm. in their minds no and this is this happened this happened before no do you remember for instance uh, with copernicus mm-hmm. and the catholic church no that's they were with the old paradigm no the ptolemaic system the earth mm-hmm. in the center of the universe blah 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 and when somebody came with proofs that this is not working like you think it is so they are like a clash Mm-hmm. So we are dealing in this, with the same, it's the same phenomenon, it's psychological. No? We have a, a, a group which is keep the interests and uh, pushing the public in one way you know, they, mm-hmm. that they want. So that's why the alternative theories are, or the fringe science are uh, looked with suspicion. Now, do you think that we're going to see anytime soon this narrative change? Because I mentioned before, like amateur astronomers, once we get telescopes, I mean, I'm sure we, we know we already have powerful enough telescopes. But when we, once we can get more powerful telescopes to people in their backyard that they can set up and view other planets, all won't all it take is like one image of a planet that has this giant hole on both poles to be like, okay, let's look for the another amateur astronomer to look for it in another one and then to be like okay this is how everything's forming like is that what it's going to take for regular people just in their backyard to put the clues together in mass before the scientific well, uh, community lets it come out we, are, we must agree that the scientific community is very closed mm-hmm. uh, they think that we are like unruly children you see that they must be kept on leash and they pushed in one way, you know, because we are unable to uh, search by ourselves. We are unable to uh, see for the truth. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's they, uh, their opinion. No? That's why uh, they have a, a propaganda machinery, I will say. No? Uh, there are people like, you know, the late uh, Hawking, this man, uh, Tyson. Mm-hmm. Uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. The, yes. Yeah. Those are made-up persona. Mm-hmm. You cannot compare uh, one of those scientists with this one, no, for instance. Oh, yeah. 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 Or this one, for instance. That's, that's, he, he was a true, true yep. scientist. See, so, uh, because those people, no, like he, they were working with the scientific method, dealing with facts, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And from facts, they build a reasonable theory of how the things work, but only based on facts. But when, when you have some special group of interest that don't, they think that those facts are like a, a danger for the interests. So you will see that those people are kept aside. And to brainwash the masses with uh, what they falsely claim at science, 
they have to create uh, like a like a, I would say actors kind of actors, no? Yeah. That what they will tell you how the universe works, how what are the true laws of science, and how you have to do the science, no? Because to be to be honest, those people like Hawking on, or Tyson, they are uh, simply like uh, mood pieces, no? Mm-hmm. Of the masters. Yep. They they never will tell you follow the scientific method. Uh, be I mean, search for yourself. You know, you have to follow our authority. We are the people who know. Yeah. Better than you. Yeah. If you get, if you if you teach people the how to think or what exactly to so, think, then it kind of controls how they yes, do science, right? Okay. Because like if we if we had these alternate ideas then more scientific minds could think about new ideas based on this new stuff, but we're really kind of pigeonholing exactly. the thinking. They don't like the critical thinking or things like it. Yeah. How, how do you think science will progress? No, I mean, yeah. because people think different. They People think different. And also they uh, do testing, do experiments, mm-hmm. follow, I mean, sort of a line, like a scientific method. And they when see, they see something that is not working, anomalies, things like that. So they want to know the truth, you see? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But this is the problem, the educational system now is just, you know, uh, it's like a, they want you to, you to repeat what they say and they don't allow critical thinking. Yep, they hate see? it. So that's, so for instance, this book, you know what I mean? There is a lot of information in here which disproves the mainstream thinking, but only mm-hmm. two English editions that's crazy. I never see uh, could see something updated in the books. The, if you take a textbook, the newest edition, 2020, they will show you the same old thing from 100 years ago. You have the mantle, the crust on top, and the core, which is uh, liquid, mm-hmm. and it's from iron. Now, uh, there are a lot of studies that disprove it's impossible an iron core to be in 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 over air, mm-hmm. no, for the minute. Is it there? No. We only can reach the crust. When they took, let's say, a one, two, three thousand samples of the crust, the density was roughly 2.5. Mm-hmm. All the rocks, no, sedimentary, metamorphic, uh, metamorphic and igneous, no. So roughly the the maximum they could get was three with the basalt, three uh, grams per cubic centimeter or three tons per cubic meter. Now, if you take the whole earth and you get the density is 5.5. Mm. 5.5 is bigger than 2.2. So they were, they were thinking, well, if the crust is 2 point something three, so what's, in, what's inside that is so heavy? Mm-hmm. Okay, so Five in total, so they, okay, they they put, okay, 2.5, and the total is uh, 5.5. So in the mid, in the center, it must be, to get a, an average of five, you have two plus X equals five. So you do the equation and the X is 8.3, eight, roughly eight. And they were thinking, okay, so what's something that weighs eight or seven? <laughs> ah, they checked it. Periodic table, oh, iron. 
Okay, so in here must to be iron. So that's why they were thinking the the core, the molten core is made of iron. Yeah. Gotcha. I mean, that's was, this is only a guesswork. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They never you know to. <laughs> it's also yeah, just based on current like elements. I mean, imagine there's something down there that we don't like a material that we have not yet uh -huh. discovered, right? So you're just basing I, it on I things that we know. You. Okay, uh, if you have a <laughs> second, that's that's how you can see. Okay, directly, no. Okay, I could something, mm -hmm. but I mean, they were just okay to account for this, you know, big difference between two and five. So they they were okay. In order to be an average five, so the center must to be weighting like eight, the density, mate. Mm -hmm. So uh, that's why the iron comes in. Mm -hmm. Now the problem is <clears throat> uh, because you know the tunnel vision that the scientists have, no? the mm -hmm. speciality, no? <laughs> they think that air is like isolated from the universe, no, or the galaxy, or the, the solar system. But this planet comes from the solar system. You cannot have uh, a planet without, you know, the nebula and the solar system. And the solar system has a specific chemical composition, mostly of silica. Mm -hmm. So uh, I put in the book, no, uh, I a, a, an old table, no, and the iron is one of the, let's say, it's a trace element in the solar system. A trace element. You have mostly the solar system. You have silica. Uh, oxygen and hydrogen in the sun. Mm -hmm. But iron is a very, you know, so uh, if you can take the percentage of the meteorites, chondrites, and uh, the all the material asteroids, no, because they can, uh, with the spectral analysis of the light that comes from the body, you can detect, no, uh, if there is a lithium or sodium or whatever, mm -hmm. no, because the spectral mm -hmm. analysis. Yeah. So all those things, when you take the table and you account the, the, the iron is very thin, you know? So all the bodies of the solar system have two, three, 5%, and suddenly from the DNA, air has in the core 33% of iron. Yeah. So if this comes from the same nebula, same solar system, huh? By by why or how mm -hmm. from the five three percent suddenly air only air has thirty three percent of yeah okay so that doesn't you know okay theoretically you for, for from a geological perspective you can say okay but I mean hold the fact that this air comes from the same planetary system you have to uh, take into account the whole thing not mm -hmm. only. Uh, isolate this and do whatever you want with this is isolated from the rest so yeah. that's a mistake no? and science work like this mostly of the part no they take one part from the whole from the whole thing the holiness and do all the suggestions the theories and the guesses in disregarding what's whatsoever from the environment and that's you cannot work like this because nothing yeah. exists in isolation so right. Now, what happens? There were studies that they say, look, the air must be solid because we need iron in here because it is molten. The iron, mm -hmm. because the air is rotating, the iron, the particles of iron are metallic. If you have metallic moving, particles of metal moving, you can generate a current and also a magnetic field. So 
must be iron in here because the magnetic field comes from this circulation of the amorting iron and you have the magnetic. So that's why they are, you know, they have this grip. Yeah. The geoscientists fixing in the solid air and the molten iron because they need to explain the yeah. magnetic field. Now, what happens? When there is, when the, in the last 20 years, they were studies, there are two problems. Number one, uh, you cannot have, it's impossible to form iron in here because uh, when the planetary formation and the solar system was forming, you need a special condition and temperature to uh, get this iron yeah. molded. And you cannot have it in the conditions that the solar system formed. There is, there is uh, I don't remember now, but there is a special uh, temperature point that you can get iron. Otherwise, it will get uh, or either solid, uh, I mean, not liquid solid, or uh, dispersing particles. Mm -hmm. And the second is that uh, a study found, uh, found that uh, uh, you cannot have a circulation because uh, they assume that the circulation of this iron, molten iron, is a convection. No? Mm -hmm. But you cannot have convection if uh, in this stick is made of uh, silica. Silica is a is very bad uh, transmitter of heat. Mm -hmm. If you have, if you need convection inside, you need you have to get a cold and hot. No, the hot goes to cold and goes down. Not the the, the the convection. This is isolating as it's insulator. So the, the hot from here gets in here, so you cannot get convection. If there is no convection, there is no yeah, in current, there is no magnetic field. So, mm -hmm. sorry, man, you cannot uh, work with this hypothesis. So, those two things, uh, plus the astro uh, astronomical uh, quantity, not that you have three, four, five percent in the rest of the planets and the sun, mm -hmm. and suddenly 33 from the dinner. So, those three things uh, makes impossible that there is an iron. Uh, molten iron inside the earth. So what generates the uh, magnetic field? Well, that's a, an extra bonus in this book. Uh, now, you, you see that there are, those uh, studies have been published in papers, mm -hmm. but still the textbooks will tell you, no, you have molten iron, it's convecting, mm -hmm. but the convection, uh, it generates a current, and as current generates a magnetic field, so you have mm -hmm. the magnetic field on the earth, and it protects us from the ultraviolet and the cosmic rays, and blah, blah, blah. But that's not true. Um. The paper states that you cannot have no convection. There's impossible that you have an iron inside the air. It's impossible, no way. But still, they forget. You see, that's the thing that, in my case, I, it's like uh, I feel I mean uh, um, frustrated or I mean a bit angry because I mean what the same side for if you have something that disproves your theory okay you have to discard it and accept the new one exactly because so the the problem is uh, uh, you know uh, they have they are do um, there is a uh, we have the national 
no hay, you know, in the United States National Oceanic Atmospheric Administration, he, this institution keeps like a magnetic chart. And in here in the UK, we got the British Geological Survey, which has a magnetic chart. They are following the high, the fantasy of the, you know, the currents and everything. So when they do this calculation based on this uh, model, the data don't match. So they have a problem they published in, uh, in Nature that the, this mis a mismatch very, uh, very pronounced. They never can match the real thing with the model because the model yeah. is, uh, is a lie, you see. So uh, what's the problem? You need to have this uh, magnetic uh, chart uh, up to date because the navigation system, the planes, the, the yeah. ships, you see, they have to get this uh, magnetic field in order to uh, calculate because they, they follow the magnetic line, not the geographical. There are like 10 degrees difference. If you go to the north, magnetic north, you want to go the, to the north, but you really are aiming to the uh, geographic north. But there is a discrepancy of 10, 8 degrees. So that's why you have to get this ma uh, magnetic reading up to date because they change. No? So if you have a wrong data, so the ship or the plane will, you know, will miss the target. Yeah. So that's yeah. they have this problem. Now they are ignorant. They are like amateurs, those scientists, because there have been studies that prove or show that the magnetic field of a planet or a body, a celestial body like a sun or a star, is uh, it depends or is intimate related with the rotation. The more is rotating, the faster it's rotating, and the more mass you have a more magnetic field. When the planet is smaller or um, the, the rotation is a bit uh, slow, the uh, magnetic intensity decreases. So there have been uh, studies that show a linear graphic of dependence that the rotation is related with magnetic. If, I, if you want the magnetic fields oh. in here, in the planet, the, it must be rotating. Yeah. Now the thing is, yeah. why? So now comes the thing. The mainstream science, science tell you and me and everybody that the air, the space is empty. Mm -hmm. Okay, if you have this uh, cover, you extract everything, right? So you only have the vacuum. And this vacuum is nothing. You only have uh, the, the electromagnetic radiation and the gravity, that's it. Mm -hmm. But in reality, there is something else. Did you hear about the ether? Aether. Yep. Ether. Is it pronounced ether? ether. Well, okay. We have been told that now the modern physics rests in two pillars, uh, relativity and quantum theory. But there is a third one, stochastic electrodynamics. It takes into account the ether. The, the space is not empty. It has this subtle substance that is responsible. Uh, this man, when he made his the electromagnetic theory uh, in the universities and the college, they tell you that there are four equations. Mm -hmm. But he, in reality, in his treatise in 1873, the equation very 20. And he put in there the ether, because the ether is the only substance capaz, 
uh, which is, uh, has the capacity to generate current and charge the pole, electric magnetic charge the pole. So if you have, if you want to account for the electromagnetic, electrical magnetic fields, you must to take into account the ether because the experiments shows mm -hmm. that the ether mm -hmm. is the cause, uh, <clears throat> the cause of the magnetic phenomena. But the Meister saying science since the Michelson model experiment would show ether in, in slow in, in less than expected because they were thinking the ether in, the ether surrounding the air. Uh, was static, but it was dynamic. So uh, the value were uh, slower, uh, sorry, lower than expected. They were expecting like 30 seconds, kilometers per second, and the result was eight. But uh, for an unknown reason, suddenly they tell you, no, there was no error. The experiment was negative. That's, uh, that's not true. There was a small amount. So there are other experiments that show there are, there are discrepancies in the readings. Something must be in the vacuum that is uh, generating this uh, phenomenon. So what happens when the air and the planetary bodies are rotating? The rotation, uh, the mass of the planet interacts with this ether, right? And Creates inside the atomic structure dipoles, electric dipoles. This material is neutral, right? Because you, 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 if, 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 if it is not rotating, you, you can take an apparatus and check there is no electrical, no magnetic field. No? But once it starts to gen, uh, rotate, like it's uh, been uh, uh, shown in the studies, the planets, uh, when they spin and the stars, they have a magnetic field. So when they rotate, the interaction of this ether generates uh, inside sorry, magnetic dipoles, which they are uh, neutral, you know, but when the, the planet rotates, they are perpendicular to the axis, and this is what makes the magnetic field. That's why uh, you don't need any hypothetical, uh, yeah. Morten. Take uh, the case of Jupiter. Jupiter, the Juno mission shows us that the planet is inside diffuse or hollow. There is nothing like a core or a nucleus of hydrogen or whatever, because they think, oh, Jupiter has a hydrogen a core, a metallic, metallic. So Jupiter has a magnetic field like 10 times stronger than Earth. Right. Mm -hmm. So, okay. So, uh, if they want to apply the same hypothesis of the current uh, electron, uh, the hydrogen metallic current is, it's a lie. So, that's the reason we don't need any nucleus of core, uh, core or core of made of iron to generate yeah. magnetic field because there is no need for that. The use the rotation, the interaction of the rotating planet mass of the planet with the ether generates the poles inside the atomic structure of the planet, which when the, the poles are in organizing in lines, they generate the magnetic field. That's, I mean, there are studies that show that rotating bodies have a magnetic yeah. field, depending on how they rotate the speed and the density of the planets. Two things, density and uh, speed. So you have a graph, a linear graph showing the dependency. There is no nothing left to chance. 
Uh, so that's uh, why uh, I can uh, I testify that our planet is hollow because also the uh, in other planets Jupiter, uh, Saturn, and the the uh, this uh, what the name of this uh, apparatus is it's like a it's not a satellite but it's like a like a spacecraft right like the Which, the space station yeah spacecraft not spacecraft no it's like it's, it's a tool that uh, uh, a tool that uh, register registers uh, mm. data yeah so, yeah we'll uh, a spacecraft no they, the spacecraft went to saturn to jupiter and they show that in the poles there is a, a high uh, thermal emissions they are mm -hmm. like uh, uh, spots not no um, so, um, in here, you see. Oh yeah. Huh. Those like bright spots, is like warm. Spots. Yes, those bright spots are not caused by the sun, like we want us to believe. No, the sun, the solar wind uh, interacts with the upper atmosphere, and the no, that's that's a lie. No. Yeah. yeah. So all, all the planets, certain bodies, uh, are hollow for this reason. No? The uh, vortices are the main uh, feature that organize and shapes uh, particles. Yeah. Not just you know, reading that have been shown, have been observed no? with the uh, radio astronomy, infrared radio astronomy, the protoplanetary disk. Inside mm -hmm. they have planets forming. You can see how it's like uh, you have a, a plant. No? If you see a tree, with the branches, the trunk, the trunk, no? If you never ever have seen a seed growing, mm -hmm. you, you, you won't be able to see how in reality uh, the tree forms. Right? Mm -hmm. You have to see how it, 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 it is um, uh, the beard. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we All can right. see the beard of the planets right now, and we see this vortex formation so there have been studies, paper published, not that they are putting all those variables, not the fluids, mechanics, the vortex, and the particles are trapped. And the centrifugal forces makes the shape of a mm -hmm. sphere, but it's thick. Because the centrifugal force left leave nothing inside. So inside yeah. is uh, the only thing left inside are gases. Hmm. Gases. Uh -huh. And the there's another thing in astronomy, uh, the mainstream since uh, tell us that no, uh, all the phenomena of astronomy are due to gravity. They ignore uh, the vortex formation, the rotational physics, and the, elect uh, the plasma physics. Mm -hmm. They say, no, the, the interstellar space is uh, filled with gas. No, that's, that's a lie. It's filled with plasma. Plasma behaves completely different of gas. And plasma, completely with ether, no? Is what forms or give, gives birth to an inner sun. <clears throat> wow. There we go. Because when wow. you have this vortex, all the solid, the heavy stuff is in the shell, mm -hmm. and inside is left the gas. And <clears throat> the electrical currents ignites this gas and makes uh, an inner sun. Yeah. How do you have all the physical explanation of how a, a, a sun works? Because they think the sun is something, you know. Uh, like a gas, hot gas, which is a falsehood, is a plasma. Hmm. And the 
way or the manner of its behavior is due to electrical currents and magnetic fields and plasma, not hot gas or radioactivity or things like that. Mm. There is a branch, sorry. No, no, <laughs> no it's okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah there, is a, there have been papers and scientists say, look, say uh, hold you, gravity is not enough. Mm -hmm. that's, yeah. that's the bottom line. Well, we are, uh, we, we're reaching two hours on our episode, which is, really? I feel like we could talk yeah. for so much longer. Uh, no, no, it's okay. No, I understand. No, but, uh, <laughs> no, we took the main points and we got the basic. Absolutely. Uh, we should life. do this again, honestly. We should, um, <laughs> we should have you on again. And uh, I feel like we could talk for so much that's longer. Um, well, next, next weekend. <laughs> yeah, because I do have some more questions. So Okay, no, go ahead. Um, as we wrap up this episode, though, I'd like to ask you, can you show us your book and, and kind of tell us where we can find it? And uh, Well, yeah. uh, Amazon. Amazon. Amazon, yep. Okay. Amazon. And I'll put links to everything in there, too. Can you show it? Can you show it one more time? Okay. Well, I got uh, um, Amazon. This, this, this is the edition in Amazon. Okay. Yeah. It's a thick book. It has 320 pages, something like that. This one, wow. uh, it's a plenty yep. of information. Yes, find it on Amazon. I need that book. Yes, Amazon. Okay. Awesome. Um, anything that you wanted to throw in before we? Anything that we didn't cover? I know there's so much that we haven't we haven't talked about yet, and. Uh, I, I I would love to keep going, but is there anything that you feel like you need to uh, you need to tell everybody right now before before we end here? Well, as, <clears throat> well, like I said in the introduction of this book, uh, the main aim of this dissertation or exposition or whatever is not just to uh, to convince you, but uh, to make you uh, a critical thinker. Yeah. Make you a critical thinker. Uh, don't uh, trust what the mainstream science tell you because they will tell you just half truths. Yeah. You have to be very, very uh, like a detective. No, uh, when you see a crime sign, scene of crime, you have to be suspicious. You see, mm -hmm. anybody could be <laughs> the murderer. You don't. You cannot uh, jump to conclusion because you see two, three things uh, without the context, the holiness of the situation. I mean, uh, you cannot uh, jump to conclusion and say this is that. Uh, this is the truth. That's I think absolutely to be right. Yes, to be suspicious. Now in this time, no? because if we were living a hundred fifty years ago, that would be different, no? Because you don't have cover-ups, you don't have suppressions. Yeah. You see. Once in a while, uh, some guesswork, but that's normal. No? But later on, the experiments and the field tests will show you it, whether it is true or not. But yeah, yeah so that's be <laughs> Man, well, thank you so much for like, well, all the work that you put into this and like writing this book because I think, you know, I think conversations like this are really important. And I think that no, that's a I mean, that people that must to be aware of, aware, aware of that. And yeah. uh, a lot of, uh, you know, students in the high schools, I mean, they are, to be honest with you, they are being told, told lies. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. About a lot of things too, not just. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Why. Definitely. This and is so people, important. I mean, 
And people like, you know, Hawking and the other guys, I mean, it's just, uh, it's just a brainwashing propaganda, man. It's, yeah. <laughs> you cannot find a substance, scientific substance like this, man, no, for instance, not this. It's, it's, yeah. Or Tesla, no, Tesla, well. Yeah, that's um, American then, science for you, it seems like these days. Uh, no, I mean, it's a, it's a pity, you know, uh, this man was in the United States doing a good job. He was, I mean, uh, he, uh, because he was working with the ether and the 20 uh, equations of Maxwell. You know? Yeah. That's why he was a genius with electricity, because if, we, if you have all the information on how the electricity and magnetics works, in those 20 equations, you can do whatever you want. And also, you are working with the ether, which is the main responsible of those phenomena, no? But uh, sadly, you know, the corporate interest, J.P. Morgan, for instance, he was his financier. And then when he saw that Tesla was able to extract this energy from the ether and give it free to the public, well, that was his uh, sentence, that sentence. Of Can't use that word free and with people. You know, those business people hate that. It, I mean, thing. there is a scientific basis for that. We have a suppression of this fact since 1900. Mm. 1905, I, I was, I'm thinking, and to write another book, putting the 1905, the year that the physics lost its track because. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, with this kind of uh, science fiction stuff and hypothetical like relativity and black hole, well, I mean, it's, they, they, they uh, uh, broke, then just uh, left aside the scientific method. Man. That's the only yeah. way you can get scientific knowledge. Yeah. Scientific methods stick to the facts because, I mean, you cannot just uh, sit in an armchair or a wheelchair and do a guesswork with the mind or imagine, imagine things or yeah. without any proof or you no know, experimental. Uh, that's how the science works. You have to think something and a hypothesis of how things might work and do the experiment and test it. That's right. Once the test proves or disapproves, okay, you can go forward and change your initial idea and do again. But we are not following. They don't teach you in the university or the college this kind of knowledge, you see? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, well, it, the whole point of science is to question everything all the time. Yes. What should be anyway. That's fine. I, since, honestly, I appreciate this opportunity to... Dude, thank so are you, you going so to uh, publish or uh, put in uh, in the main in the stream? Yeah, yes. absolutely. That needs to be. Yes, uh, yeah, spread the word, spread the word, uh, because the one last thing, uh, they uh, it's another thing. No, uh, they the mainstream science are uh, they have a, a special uh, let's say army of people which we, we can say they are like the bunkers. Right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they, uh, this kind of stuff, they will uh, diss you with explanation right. and rationalization. No, that's just not true. Mm -hmm. uh, this is uh, false. Uh, we have solid scientific uh, blah, 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 you see. So we have to be aware of those kind of people because there are plenty of them. Now, anything, something new comes that disapproves the mainstream narrative, the army of the bunker will assault. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's yep. that's correct. So this so people like us are here for. Yeah, spread, spread the, the word. other side of it. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, uh, to finish off, uh, this is the first time 
I guess, no, that somebody which is professional in the area and as a critic, critic, critical, critical thinker, and then you know, don't hurt, <laughs> is uh, writing this stuff, right? Because before you got like uh, amateurs or journalists, but you know, not the proper uh, man in charge, which is professional in the area and has a lot of you know experience that uh, can tell you, look, this is wrong because of this, this, and that. There are a lot of research that have been ignored that is approved what you are telling us now, that the big science is true. No? So. Well, well, thank, thank you. Goodness okay. for you, Oliver. Yeah. Oliver <laughs> Milicevic, everybody. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so much. much. All right, oh, see you guys. Thanks for joining time. in. Yeah, until yes. next time.